it's so hot and or nor or nor is correct (laughs) um so I put this little fan uh but I had it on the table and it was too loud like you could hear it like it was causing like feedback in the mic so I put I was like what if I put it on the floor and just angle it up so that I'm getting airflow to my vagina <laughs> from under your undercarriage if my vagine needs air <laughs> tell me how I'm supposed to breathe with no air you know what I mean yeah um so it's it's working it's not working as well as I want it to I'm still sweating but here we are welcome to California in June welcome to California in June welcome to me uh, welcome to your Sebastian Stan mug. Mm. Big shout out to Sebastian Stans. Shout out to former uh, guest Emma Johnson who got this for me. It says single taken mentally dating Sebastian Stan. And I bet you all can guess which one I am. Yeah. How does he treat you <laughs> mentally? You know, he's pretty good. He's yeah, pretty that's good. good. That's good. He's exactly how I imagined he would be. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> it's just so wild, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Well, anyway, I'm Shelby. And I'm Sam. It's the ROM complex. One, two, one, two, three, four. summer of coming of age ah yes and summer 11 summer as, 11 as they say exactly did We're you here. have a blast I had a blast you absolutely know? had me a blast mm-hmm. I won't do the monster voice this time no not this time <laughs> I went out last night and screamed a lot <laughs> so my voice I is can not imagine yeah some screamo if you will well, we were, I went to an emo night, which reminds me of, uh, the year that this movie that we're talking about today came <laughs> out 2005. Ah, yes. Uh, we are talking about the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. I saw this and movie in theaters with my you? group of girlfriends. Yeah, I probably did, but I don't have a vivid remember, uh, remember, that's not a word memory. It I is now. <laughs> I don't have a vivid memory of seeing it in theaters. Yeah, I do. I remember sitting, you know, with a, a few of my friends in a nearly empty theater. Like, I swear to God, we were, maybe it's just, that's just like the teenage, you know, perception of yourself. It's like, we were the only ones there. Like, that's true. But it also was, you know, suburban central Florida, very possible. No one else I was, was there. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say as well. I think also growing up in Florida, not, I, I don't have many memories of going to a movie theater that was packed. Yeah. Even if it was, I think the, in all honesty, the only movie I remember us having to like find seats for, because it was so crowded in the theater was twilight. <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah that feels right I mean then then obviously you have like the midnight movies and all the toilet movies are coming out the Harry Potters and things like that sure those were packed but those felt I feel like the that didn't really start to happen for me until I was like post high school probably right I don't remember I, I know when I was younger my friends and I would sit in the back of the theater a lot mm-hmm. um for Makeout purposes for makeout purposes. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and because we were just like goofing around, you yeah, know? shenanigans. You sit in the but back when you want to do shenanigans. And for this one, I remember us sitting straight up in the middle of the theater. Oh, and you then, guys were like, "We are watching this film." Yeah, and I think it was one of those things where I was like, not super. It, it's not Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants isn't something that I was get, like super into, but I wanted to bond with my girlies, you know. Mm, yeah, um, and so. 
we watched it and I remember listening to the soundtrack a lot with them too. Okay. So cute. Yeah. A lot of the songs that came up during the movie, I was like, oh my God. Natasha <laughs> Bedingfield <that>. unwritten. Yes. <laughs> I screamed when that song came on. And it's mostly because <laughs> I feel like I've talked about this uh, already on here, but I was rewatching The Hills for a bit um, mm-hmm. a couple months ago. And I was upset because they never played the theme song. Like at first I thought, oh, maybe they didn't get unwritten as the theme song until season two or whatever. But then I shortly realized that like MTV for whatever reason, um, maybe like lost some, con- like lost yeah. some contracts on the song. So a lot of songs had to be changed. And I feel like unwritten is one of the ones that kind of got cut. They just completely cut the, the theme song. Yeah. Um, but when I saw it in this movie, I was like, Oh my God, she's back. <laughs> you were waiting for it. Like I the was. suspense was built. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, I have been, I have been dreaming of this day. Yeah. And it's, and it's finally here. It's finally here. You're listening to <laughs> Natasha. <laughs> yeah. She's back. Miss <laughs> Bedingfield is back. Miss Bedingfield, <laughs> if you're nasty. So <laughs> this movie's got a group of four, you know, teen girls, lifelong friends. Yes. They're all, it's like, I believe they just graduated high school or something. Like they're all it's, they actually haven't there. This is what I was oh. so confused about. They're all like 16. I thought they, oh, you're right. Because yeah. um, no, there's 17. I mean, there's a part where Bridget is running with a soccer coach who she's trying to scam on. Like she's mm-hmm. trying to get with this guy who's yeah. in college and she's like, I'm 17, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, him. I think they're going into like their senior year you're of high right. school. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, I had always assumed, like you just said that it was like the summer after um, they graduated high school, because that's what it feels like when you like, considering all of the adventures that they're all going on, it just feels like one of those, we're about to go to college um, movies, but no, they're still in high, they're babies. Why are they going with these adult men, Sam? (laughs) It's uncomfortable, but to me, it's only uncomfortable in the Blake Lively (laughs) storyline. I don't know why, I don't know why it feels that way but it just feels weird. Yeah. In that one, maybe because he's like in a position of authority. He is in a position of authority over her. So you've got Blake Lively plays Bridget. She's the kind of very motivated, athletic, um, confident, brave, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, girl of the group. She's like, she's the one just like fiery and passionate and like swinging from fire escape. Yes, exactly. Um, then you have Carmen who's America Ferreira. Of course. She is a writer, but we don't really see her writing at all ever. (laughs) She's Puerto Rican. She's a little bigger than the other girls. Mm -hmm. She's Um, a child of divorce. She has a white dad who moved away. She's half white. Yes. uh, Which I don't know why that was anyway. Um, and then you've got, uh, and she's more, I, I feel like we don't get a lot from her character. They're just like, and I'm the writer for her. Yeah. It's like, well, we don't really understand. She just seems like a person. Um, yeah. <laughs> you have Lena who's like shy, demure, um, reserved, mm-hmm. quiet. Um, yes. and then Tibby. Well, I don't know what that name is. Um, and she's kind of like Tibitha. (laughs) Tibula. Tibula. Yes. Her parents named her Tibula. Yeah. She, she's kind of the rebel. She's got like dyed Mm. blue hair. Mm. She's a a documentary filmmaker. Yeah. She walks to the beat of her own drum. Yeah. She Um, says, screw you to everyone. So my question is like, which one of these are you? Cause this is like the Ninja Turtle. It's like Ninja Turtles. Like which Ninja Turtle are you? Ninja Turtle. It, what's so funny is that, like, you know, the Latina in me wants to identify with Carmen. Um, yeah. I don't, not even a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Because as as anyone in my family will tell you, I've never had a problem yelling at my dad. Um, <laughs> never, not even a single day in my life. And he'll tell you the same. He'll be like, "Yeah, she doesn't care." Uh, <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, be scared." Um, so it's definitely not. Uh, definitely not Carmen. I kind of feel like I, I function somewhere between like 
Lena and Tibby, weirdly yeah, enough. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Because you walk to the beat of your own drum, but you're also, you know, reserved. A you- shy beauty. No, <laughs> no <laughs> would ever describe me no. as that. <laughs> but you keep, you keep a lot of your, your feelings and thoughts to yourself. You hold Close them. to the chest. You yes, hold the space do. for them there. Yes. I could see myself relating to uh, pretty much all of them, but I would also say probably a, I got a, a Tibby. Tibby son. <laughs> Tibby, I was going to say a Tibby, Tibby son. son uh, moon with the Bridget rising. Bridget rising. <laughs> Especially I now, because I am not, maybe I could cut Lena out to, altogether. I do think that I'm that I do a lot of, like, I observe people a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is something I relate to with, with Lena, but especially now I will talk to fucking anybody. <laughs> yeah. I, at that email last night, emo night last night, I was, compl- I was complimenting so many people. Of course you were. <laughs> That's, that is not a surprise to me. It would be surprising <laughs> if you said that you didn't talk to anybody. It'd be like, you're lying. Yeah. Talked to a lot of people, danced a lot with a lot of people, uh, sipped on someone's drink. <laughs> what? Multiple people. Actually, I just ran into a guy and he was holding two PBRs and he couldn't find his friends. And I'm like, do you need help? And he's like, no. And he's like, can you hold this for a second? I was like, yeah. And he's like, you can take a sip. I'm like, all right. Oh my God. See, no, now I think you're more of a Bridget son. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you're, you definitely have that. Like, I'm just going to talk to everybody like vibe that she has, where she's like, oh, we're not allowed to date coaches hair flip. She knows what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. So the, this group of girls, they go to like a thrift store or whatever, find a pair of pants that magically fits all of them. They're magic (gasps) pants. This movie is a pants. Look, this movie's about magic pants. I know it's your, this is your bread and butter. Yeah. I fucking love a magic item. Hell yeah. Magic pants play very, like they don't play a role really in the movie, but I mean, yeah, they do kind of, kind of It's literally those girls would not have had the summer that they had without those magic pants is all I'm saying. I don't know about that, but the fact that the pants can fit all of them is literally magic. And they just kind of talk That's about true. it for a little bit. And then they're like, this is just, they just accept that they're magic pants. Yeah. You know, me, I find pants that, that fit four different people who are four different sizes. I'm calling the scientists, Sam. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You're having a meeting. We're doing a seance. I mean, to be fair, they did have like a magical, mystical seance. They did. To make the rules for the pants. Right. 10 rules. I barely remember any of them. No, they didn't really. It was all like love. Pants equal love. Pants equal love your sisters. Love yourself. Love yourself. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, so they made the agreement. So all four of them were splitting up for the summer. Yeah. Uh, Bridget was going off to soccer camp in Colombia. Carmen was going to stay with her dad all summer. Lena was going to Greece because she's Greek. LOL. Um, (laughs) And uh, Amber Tamlet, Tibby. I was like, what is her character's name? Tibby was just working at Walman's in their hometown. She wasn't really doing anything. So they make the agreement. They have a seance. It's magic, witches. Uh, They have a seance in which they decide that all the sisters uh, in the sisterhood have the pants for one week uh, during the summer. Then they have to send them off to, to the, the next, next sister. Yeah. And it goes in a circle. They have to like accompany a letter with something amazing that happened to them right. while they were wearing the pants. Um, so magic. Yeah, exactly. And it's cute. It's sweet. I can see how this is an enjoyable thing to like read because it's a book. Mm-hmm. Um, so nice. Wow. Look wow. at them grow. Wow. Uh, so, and so I would say, you know, two of them have some, have romantic involved storylines, but mm-hmm. overall it's not really a rom-com. It's more, um, you know, friendship. Yeah. But you know age. what? That one romance makes mm-hmm. up for it. Listen, I don't mm-hmm. care that he's in college and she's just a baby. Uh, mm-hmm. I've gotten over it. I it's, Listen, this yes. is all I want to happen. I want to go to Greece and I want some shit like this to happen to me. That's it. Well, let's talk about the storylines kind of in order. So we were already getting into the Blake Lively one. Bridget, mm-hmm. she's a soccer star. She goes to soccer camp in Mexico. Yeah. Um, like we said, one of the other teams in the camp 
uh, the, the coach or whatever is this college guy. And Mm -hmm. she's like, he's so hot. I'm going to go for him. She's like, she'll like run past him and like take her hair down and yeah. like flip it around to get his attention. She knows what she's doing, man. She knows what Blake she's doing. Lively. She knew how to work that blonde hair. And she, she is gorgeous. Oh yeah. Like you watch this, you're like, holy shit. No and this wonder- is before she got her nose job. I mean, that's alleged, <laughs> but still her alleged nose job. It's her alleged. This no. is her first. So this is her first, uh, like movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. And she's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Like so pretty. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, the confidence is earned. We see earlier in the movie, her mom, um, actually died by suicide. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not given a lot of information, but I, it sounds like she had some kind of like manic depressive bipolar type thing because she talks about her having episodes. And then when she like recovers from her quote unquote episodes, depressive episodes, she's Mm -hmm. like, she'll like make pizza with everything in the kitchen or something, just something that sounds kind of like, you know all right. I see the, the ups and downs of this person. Right. Um, but they don't go into it that much, uh, which is fine. I guess they already, this movie's already two hours long. Yeah. They, <laughs> they really didn't have time for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And I, I think it also is supposed to lend itself to Bridget as a character who is, um, always, trying to be happy because she yes. doesn't want anyone to think that she suffers from the same illnesses that her mom did. Um, right. So it would make sense that she would be just kind of pushing it all down and not dealing with it. Uh, even with her closest friends that she's known since birth, basically. Yeah. She's not in a place where she's capable of processing all of that. So she does a lot of physical activity to mm-hmm. get out <clears throat> all of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> she'll she runs a lot she loves running she'll just run and run and run and of course she plays soccer she's really good at it um and later she talks about how you know when she's doing this stuff she feels alive and if she feels alive then it makes her feel closer to her mom um in a way yeah so that's that's (laughs) 17 that's 16 17 year old logic oh yeah Absolutely. hundred percent. It and works. It's, it's not like anyone's teaching her this stuff. I mean, she tells her when she goes away for the summer, she tells her dad, Hey, make sure you write me. She gets a letter from him. And it's just like a typed one sentence letter. Yeah. <laughs> just like, okay, dad. Wow. Hilarious. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> so tried. I mean, dad tried, but he dad, did. he did. <laughs> he, I mean, the, the funny thing too, is that, so, okay. So she has this like whole summer in Colombia. again she sets her sights on eric the coach uh one right. of the coaches the only male coach i think well because that was the whole plot thing too right it was like she was so excited to go to soccer camp and then she found out it was an all-girls camp and she was like what the heck she was like telling the girls oh, at least you know you're gonna be around boys like i'm yeah. gonna be around girls all summer she wanted um, to get her dick wet you know, she, you know what? You got to admire it. She's, I hate uh, that I said that, but she's, she's DTF. If you will. She is um, DTF. And so he's like the only guy within a billion miles, obviously. And, um, she sets her sights and she's like, I'm gonna get this man. So she does, like you said, everything in her power, which is so cringy to watch. It is so, I don't know if you felt the same way. It was so cringy. Like some of the moments I, I like, couldn't, I was like, oh no, I have to look away. I feel so uncomfortable just because of not even the fact that like, he was a lot older than her. Mm -hmm. It was mostly because you know how, like, you know how, like, say you're like babysitting or you're like having to watch like a significantly younger, not, but not like a baby, like a, like a teen maybe like, or a A preteen baby, a teen baby. (laughs) Wait. And and you're like talking to them and like, you know, that everything out of their mouth is in some way trying to like get you to be like, Oh my God. So cool. Right. Yeah. You're so mature, (laughs) but you're just trying They're They're trying so hard. And it's just kind of like, that yeah but then add sex on top of it which makes it uncomfortable and this guy did not handle this well and I know we said he's a lot older than her she's 17 he's in college so he's like what 21 you know possibly so 
at the very least he's 20 yes least yes and uh which when you're older like if they were both five years older it's Mm -hmm. not that big of an age gap but because she is 17 years old (laughs) she's a literal child and she she like draws him away like we were talking about them running on the beach and they run off together away from the rest of the group and it's Mm -hmm. like he decided to do that you know he knew he was crossing a line like and then the whole time she he he mentioned something in public about going to this cantina so she and some other girls sneak out of the camp to meet them at this cantina because she's like he wants me to go why else would he would say that right. so loudly in front of me yeah um oh, god <laughs> which is also very teen logic it's so te- that's what i'm saying is this like it's un- obviously the age gap is uncomfortable but what's more uncomfortable is just like how hard she is trying um yeah. to like get his attention or whatever it's just uh, and then when she goes to the cantina, she's like, dance with me. Uh, and he's just like, no, like they're still crossing lines here. And she's like, well, if you don't, then I'm going to start drinking. And so um, he like, she like pulls him in and they start dancing. It's just so awkward. It's so awkward. I, I yeah. can't stand it. I can't. Well, it's awkward. Cause he's like, wow, he's getting this attention from this, like, you know, very forward, hot girl. Yeah. And men are dumb. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, you know, I mean, that's something I really related to her about. Men are stupid. I think people, they don't expect you to be hitting on them. Like when you're as cute as I am, you know, so you really have to be like, hey, you know, I am like, you have to be very forward for them to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. So Otherwise they're going to convince themselves that something else is going on, which right. in a way is polite. Um, you don't want to get the wrong idea. True. Um, of course the, you know, nice people don't want to get the wrong idea and be like, and misread a situation and make the other person uncomfortable. Um, true. so for me, I think it helps just, you know, be very forward. Uh, I'm usually pretty open. If I like someone, I'll be like, Hey, I like you. Hey, <laughs> hey. um, yeah anyway uh so I got that I I understood her her perspective there but from his perspective like Mm -hmm. the whole time he should have been like I I am flattered I appreciate this I am not comfortable with this power dynamic I know you are coming after me but I am in a position of authority over you it's just not gonna work right back off you know Right. But he and could it, not do that. <laughs> clearly, because boys are dumb. But I mean, he does, to his credit, the very little credit I will give him is he does acknowledge that after the fact. Um, which, yeah. like, again, no, I, you don't get points because you already did the thing. But right. Um, he does say later on when he goes to find her in, do they live in DC? I think so. Something like um, that. Yeah, they live on the East Coast. He like goes and there's a whole scene where she's chasing her dog with the pants and somehow um, her dog finds him. Yeah, so the dog like runs into. I tell you, the pants are magic. I told yeah. you they were working this whole time. Or the dog's magic. Both. <gasps> Did the dog enchant the pants? <gasps> Ooh. Or maybe when the dog grabs the pants with its with her mouth, because uh, it's Maggie grabs yeah. the the pants. Maybe the the magic transferred into like her teeth. And when she started running or it guided her, it guided her like the the wind from Pocahontas. Yes. The pants led the way, like they pulled the dog forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so you have this, this kind of dynamic where he's kind of denying her a little bit, but then they keep talking about, she'll keep talking to him. And then the second time she gets the pants, she goes and just at night strolls past his window which intending him to see her and she goes and sits on the beach and of course this dink this fucking doofus this idiot this man this young this boy man child he he is like oh that hot 17 year old who's really into me just walked by my window and it's going to go sit alone on the beach with those so, jeans with those sexy sexy bootcut jeans 
<laughs> mid-rise boot cut jeans. mid-rise boot cut jeans that somehow look like they could fit someone in a range of sizes um even though they are skin tight on Blake Lively <laughs> he goes and follows her out there and they have sex on the beach and then she's yeah. really sad afterwards because she thought it would make her feel more alive she thought it would make her feel really good or something she thought this is the thing I'm supposed to do I see a hot guy I have sex with him mm-hmm. and it did not make her feel fulfilled Mm-mm. which yeah it doesn't do that <laughs> sex isn't good if you already feel empty inside sex is not gonna fill that hole no <laughs> something um, else will fill that hole yeah and- I- a hole is getting filled. It's not the one you want. <laughs> it's not the, it's one, not you the want. one you want. <laughs> it's not filling the desired. I mean, desired, yes. It's not filling. Yeah, it's it's complicated. Yes. Kids. Um. So she's real sad, and she uh, continues in that depression until she goes home and and reunites with her friends, and they take care of her. And yeah. she finally talks about how she feels about her mom. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much, oh, and then, yeah, he comes and finds her and is right. like, Hey, we shouldn't, it, this is my fault. We shouldn't have done that. Um, I like that. He accepted the fault. That is the only thing that I'm giving him is that he said that was my fault. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I didn't tell you to stop, you know, right. but it's like, I think she, in a way also knew that it was his fault. Like yeah. he, he should have been in control of that situation. Yeah. Um, they should have talked. They should have talked. They should Dude. have like it should have just been that would have been a better story. Is if like she goes like heavy after this guy trying yeah. to sleep with him, and he's just like, "Hey, you want to talk about your dead mom? Like right. maybe we could talk about it." <laughs> yeah, or just like you know, if she if he tells her, "Hey, like you're coming really hard after this," I think maybe there's something else that is on your mind. You know True. that that this is a stra- distraction from. But again, that he was stupid. He look you look at Ugh. him. That's a, yeah. just imagine a 2005 hot dumb boy, dumb boy. He's got the yeah. blonde hair. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, 100%. <laughs> I don't care if he goes to Columbia, like he's, he, this is a stupid man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's her storyline. Yes, we did it. We talked about one that's of the four. <laughs> now we have, who do you want to talk about? Carmen? Let's talk about Carmen. Yeah. Carmen's the second in line. I think too. I think what was the order? I know Bridget's the oldest. That's the only thing I got from that whole. um, Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember the rest. Yeah. So Carmen played by America Ferreira, um, like we said before is a child of divorce. Uh, she lives with her mom, but this is the summer that she's going to spend the whole summer, just her and her dad. Oh my God. What could go wrong? wrong? And as soon as you show up and you see the actor playing her dad, you're like, Oh, (laughs) this guy oh no (laughs) you can tell which is so funny because he was on um he's in the handmaid's tale oh uh yeah and so is alexis bladell who plays lena wow yeah so we got some and that was another thing that i read on the imdb trivia that was um interesting is that all four of them were like leads on their own shows so you had blake lively was a gossip girl america Ferrer and ugly betty uh, Alexis Bledel and Gilmore Girls, and then Amber Tamblyn in Joan of Arcadia. Wow. Leads, 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 leads. Good for they them. really got him. Yeah. They really got him. So Carmen, her dad picks her up from like the bus stop or whatever. Um, he was in Charleston. He's driving her into the suburbs, suburbs, and she's like, wait a second, where are we going? He's like, oh, I moved out of Charleston. She's telling him all this stuff. She's like, I practice tennis so that we could play tennis together. I, she obviously remembers every single moment she spent with her dad. And mm-hmm. he's just like, wow, you remember all this stuff. And she just is clearly so excited to act, like, she's built this up yeah. in her mind. Like, I'm finally going to connect with my dad. I'm going to get the, the love that I have wanted <sighs> from my dad. Girl, girl, <laughs> uh, one way ticket to disappointment is that's the only thing that's going to happen. And she is immediately disappointed because mm-hmm. they pull up to a house, blonde, white lady comes out waving. Yeah. Blonde, white teenagers to a, a girl and a boy come out. This is her yeah. dad's new family that she did not know a single goddamn thing about. Yep. He did not tell her anything. And mm-hmm. it turns out they're having a wedding. They're getting married. Mm-hmm. And she was not told. 
not he didn't, not even a little bit he so didn't even this, tell her she moved that he moved no so this is where she was like oh I know nothing about my dad's life he doesn't want to he didn't feel the need to share any of this with me which fucking ouch what a gut punch dude dude that whole storyline is just so sad um, yeah because it's very, very clear that all she wants is some alone time with her dad. Um, she even says it in the car. She was like, I was doing the math and like you and I haven't spent more than four consecutive days together since I was 10 years old or 12 years old yeah. or something like that. Um, and now they're spending an entire summer and she's so excited because she never gets to spend this much time with her dad. And it's just like, immediately no like immediately no my question is how did he think this was gonna go how did he think this was gonna go with his daughter he didn't think that's I think he god what a horrible horrible father (laughs) and not to mention the racism there are the the microaggressions here god um so they're obviously planning for a wedding right Mm -hmm. And she has to go try on a bridesmaid's dress. Yes. And the, the tiny, petite, live, blonde girl, you know, wears her pink dress. I thought you said live. Like, <laughs> the live blonde girl. No, she didn't say much. Um, she didn't, none of them talked. Oh, and before that, they were like kind of, they have a maid who only speaks Spanish. Right. And there and, was like this really weird uh, interaction in which she's like, oh, well, she has to clean your sheets. And uh, I told her you sleep late, but she didn't understand me. And it's like, oh. Um, <laughs> and then for her to have, for uh, Carmen to have to fight her and be like, I can wash my own sheets. People do it yeah. every day. Yeah. Like, Ugh. I just imagine... I mean, I can even see how, how out of place she would feel. I would feel out of place in that situation Mm -hmm. and I'm still white. So, um, but she tries on, you know, her, her, her bridesmaids dress, her dad was really off about her size and the dress is maybe because he hasn't seen her in like fucking. Yeah. Why don't you fucking ask her? Yeah. Because he's no, an idiot. Because then he would have to admit that he's getting married to some woman she's never heard about. Right. And he has this whole life where he's he's like saying grace. He's like yeah. when whereas she and her mom couldn't even get him to go to church. Right. He pretends like he doesn't understand Spanish, even though he and her mom used to speak Spanish to each other all the time. Yep. Um, so yeah, she puts on this dress and the the tailor and the the, the stepmom, I guess, um, the blonde lady who her dad is marrying. Yeah. It, they're very rude about it mm-hmm. in a way where you can tell they don't think they're being rude. Yeah. Uh, but they are talking about her size and her body and saying mm-hmm. like, Oh, but I want everything to look uniform. Is she going to look like my daughter? Like, you know, yeah. Which is just such a fucked up thing. You see this girl, you see America Ferrera and this like tiny little blonde girl. It's like, oh, can you make her look like my daughter? Fuck no. you, lady. Fuck you. Yeah. And that's when- And that's what Carmen says. She says, yeah. fuck you. All of you. Fuck yeah. you. Oh, I wish. I wish she would have said fuck I you. I know. But she instead does- she yells at them. She does tell them off because yes. all of that anger, which she, I mean, she is rightfully angry at these people. Mm-hmm. And of course she is angry at her dad, but can't, can't acknowledge that yet. Right. Right. Um, so she yelled, tells them off is like, you know, sorry, you didn't plan for me. Like, it seems like right. I'm just out, you know, and she goes off, she like ends up leaving and mm-hmm. finding her own way home. And then this scene is devastating dude break my heart in two it didn't make me cry but it definitely hit me in the feels devastating she gets the she gets home to the house it seems like no one's there and she like the the taxi driver or whatever is like oh I don't think anyone's home and she's like they're probably out looking for me so because why wouldn't they be she disappeared and she's a teenager in a city she doesn't live in right with no other, it's not like it's her hometown where she's like, oh, she's just going to run off to Tibby's house or she's going to run off to her friend's house. She knows no one in this city. Right. So 
she <laughs> then she she sits down on the front steps to wait, but then she hears some laughter. So she goes around back. Turns out this whole fucking family is just sitting peacefully having their dinner like they mm-hmm. do every night. Mm-hmm. Laughing, talking, not a care in the world, not a thought spared for old Carmen. How angry. How angry would you be, especially as like a 16, 17 year old? There is no, there are no words to describe how upset I would be. And I would have done the exact same thing as Carmen, which she literally picks up a rock and throws it through the window and then just (laughs) leaves. I was like, you know what, bitch, I am there with you. It has, it would have escalated to the point of violence for me. Yeah, but she she holds it together because Carmen is a very strong person. Um, and she, she, I mean, holds it together after throwing a rock at the window. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I, I'm going to take care of myself. She goes back to the bus station and goes home. Yeah. Um, and her mom is like, you know, her mom obviously knew that it, that obviously it her mom happen. knew her dad's shortcomings. Yeah. Because yes, uh, it did not work out between them. Yeah. But her mom is so... I feel like respectful of her and a very good mom because she's like, well, my daughter's going to have to learn. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to try to warn her, but obviously Carmen will have to learn on her own that her dad is not on this pedestal yeah. that she's put him on. Of course. I think it's so hard. I think it would be really hard, especially if things ended like in a bad way for, um, for like, for me, if it was my kid, I would, it would be so hard for me not to just shit talk that person, but it is very important not to, it's like, Hey, your relationship with your dad is yours, but like, I will be here Mm -hmm. for when when he lets you down, (laughs) when he disappoints you because honey, it's coming. It's coming. Um, yeah. So, you know, her mom is kind of just like, I knew this was going to happen. She like wants to call him and like have this whole situation. And it's funny because it's like her mom has all this anger about the situation, but like, like you said before, Carmen hasn't let herself be angry at her dad just yet. She's still blaming, you know, the family, the, Mm -hmm. the white lady. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, always blame the white lady, but honestly, case there's some blame to go there that yeah. the, the white lady whose name I do not remember. I want to say it's like Lydia or something. <laughs> she did not make space for Carmen at all. She did not make her feel welcome in any way. It reminded me of like, we were watching along for the ride. Like the stepmom mm-hmm. was very much like, you know, we're family, like trying yeah. to like include. Lydia, I was right. It's Lydia. Nice. Trying to include the daughter and everything and be like, mm-hmm. we're, this is, you know, we're family. Um, but Lydia did not fucking do that. She she didn't know how to handle the little Puerto Rican girl. Oh my god! Yeah, how difficult is it? Othered her at every chance she got. Oh yeah. Um, and and then ruined her like fought, like the one day that they had that he set time aside for her. Yeah. Um. He's like, oh, let's go play tennis. She decides to have a meltdown about the fucking venue for the wedding. It's a wedding. I'm sorry. I know that there are a lot of people out there that that is like the biggest thing in the entire world. But like spending time with your kid is more important than a fucking wedding venue. Absolutely. It's not like they can change anything. And that was the thing too. It's just like they, oh, we have to figure it out. Okay. Can you, can we figure it out in a couple hours after I've played a couple rounds with my fucking daughter? Yeah. Yeah. And when that happens, he's just like, oh, go play with Paul. You're, you know, the the white white teen. You're soon to be stepbrother. The white teen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I love how anti-white you are, Shelby. I'm not anti-white, but in this case I am. Um, (laughs) yep. That's a, you know, I'm a liberal cuck snowflake or whatever they say. (laughs) That's Shelby. Um, I've ever heard it. I mean, but in the, I, they painted the picture pretty well of how these people would act. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So Charleston, North Charleston. Yeah. So, um, when Carmen gets home, she ends up talking to Tibby a little bit. They have kind of a little fight. Carmen fight. gets mad at her. Um, but then, you know, she comes back around. Tibby's like, listen, you got to talk to your dad. You're obviously mad at your dad. You should mm-hmm. be mad at your dad. And then when she call, when Carmen Ugh. finally calls her dad. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Because she's like, what is it? Is it me? Did you just not want me in your life? Like, what? went wrong how come paul goes and visits his alcoholic father every month and you see me maybe twice a year oh 
heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And it's also the way that the conversation starts where he's like, oh, it's okay, honey. You don't have to apologize. She's like, I'm not apologizing. That's not why Mm -mm. I'm calling. Mm -mm. You should be apologizing. What the fuck? Exactly. But he's too fucking up his own ass. Um, (laughs) So annoying. It reminded me of, I, I, felt so strongly for her in that moment because it Mm -hmm. reminded me of when I was teaching in Tampa. Mm -hmm. I I think I've told this story before, but there was this girl, Alma, who um, was really upset one day and she went and I I took her out into the hallway and talked to her. And she was talking about how her dad got diagnosed with cancer and she was worried he was going to die. And he Mm. lived in, he lived in Texas because her parents got divorced. And she's like, I'm pretty sure it's because of me. My parents got divorced because of me. And I'm like, baby, no, (laughs) oh baby. And it just like, it kills me to think of the things that parents let their kids think like, yeah come on, come on parents, like step it up. Oh my God. Most people should not be having kids. Like, especially (laughs) there are so many married people that I see that I'm like, you should not procreate. Please don't procreate because you are just going to cause like mental harm. You're going to put so many problems on your kid. Dude. Sure. It's so sad. And then at the end, they all go on a little, they, she cools down a little bit. Her friends force her to go on a road, road trip to actually go to this wedding. Yeah. And it turns out, okay, her dad, you know, pulls her up on stages like this is she's an important part of our family. She should be a part of this. Um, and there they start to heal a little bit. Sure. But I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. He's probably still an asshole for he's the rest of her life. Trash. He's probably still <laughs> trash. Like, honestly, it's one of those things that like every single time I've ever yelled at my dad, the, the behavior gets corrected for like a very short amount of time. And then mm-hmm. it's like, it goes back because it's like, a lot. And that's why I fully kids take this with a grain of salt, but I fully and hundred percent agree with yelling at your parents. Um, and, and I don't mean like assaulting them, like <laughs> not like in a bad way, but I do really think that sometimes parents are so up their own ass and especially up their own ass with the idea of I'm the parent, you're the child, mm-hmm. um, that they don't think that you hold any authority. And it's like, no, you are affecting my life. Therefore I am going to fucking tell you the, the trauma that you're inflicting on me right now. Um, so yell at your parents, kids. Uh, I, it's also therapeutic. I could never, um, (laughs) no, I think I did at some point when I was younger, but I, whatever. Um, I didn't like (laughs) confrontation. Um, also don't like confrontation for the record, but sometimes, sometimes you you gotta, sometimes you gotta. So, um, so that's Carmen. That's Carmen. What happened? Got oh, Tibby. Tibby. So Tibby just worked. She's trying Tibula. to do it. Yes. She's trying to do a documentary about the like kind of losers in her town, <laughs> which is kind of great. And I love it. Um, so, <laughs> so she works at Walmans, which is basically like a Walmart. Yeah. Um, and she's like just stacking shelf, stocking shelves, not stacking shelves. And there is a little girl who passes out in an aisle next to the one she's working in. So Mm -hmm. she runs over. This little girl is like laid the fuck out. They call the ambulance. She um, gets taken away uh, to the hospital or whatever. And then maybe a day or so later, she comes. The little um, girl shows up at. Shows up at Tibby's house. Yeah. With the jeans in the the packet. Magic jeans. With the magic jeans. Um, So this girl ends up kind of inserting herself into Tibby's documentary mm-hmm. project by like, you know, being an assistant. Yeah. She carries equipment. She does holds the, the boom mic. Um, yes. And she asks the subjects questions and she finds extra subjects to interview. Right. And um, she's actually really good at, for, this is an impossible child. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> this is like, she's like, emotionally intelligent and compassionate and like Mm -hmm. is interested in people asks them the right questions and all this stuff uh we come to find out she uh has leukemia and the treatment has essentially been ineffective it's so they're like stopping the chemo because um 
it, it wasn't working. So this girl's gonna die and she knows it, which is like Girl. so intense. And I remember that being intense. There's a part where they're like, I mean, they slew, at first Tibby's like this fucking girl's so annoying. Yeah. Um, but she really <laughs> comes to like appreciate her and they have a friendship. Yeah. Um, and the a girl mentorship as well, yeah. because it's like, she is starting to see, you know, her love of filmmaking and her love of like wanting to tell a story. She can kind of show some of those skills and things like that to um, Bailey is her name. This yeah. girl. Um, and you know, they're all, they're fucking working. They're, we're, they're doing the thing. They're doing the thing. Um, and then Bailey gets real sick. Tibby has a hard time with it. She finds out Bailey's in the hospital and things are kind of mm-hmm. bad. And Tibby does not want to go see her because which I respect it. Tibby has a hard time. There. Yeah. I think admitting her, her feeling because she's so focused on like disliking things and being like, people are mm-hmm. like losers. I want to find out these losers. And, you know, so she, it, it will, it's very difficult for her to open her heart in that way, even though she clearly loves this little girl. Yeah. (laughs) It's so painful. It's so sad guys. I cried and I'm not even afraid. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I texted Shelby and I was like, yo, this scene just got me fucked up. Cause obviously, uh, Tibby does go to visit Bailey in the hospital. Um, and the, in the most heartbreaking and like just beautiful scene, she pulls out the pants. Um, and is basically pleading with Bailey and also some kind of higher power yeah. to have the magic of these pants save Bailey's life. So she's like, just put them on. And Bailey's like, they don't fit me, remember? And she's like, it's okay. Cause like, maybe if you wear them, uh, you know, something that like, maybe yeah. you won't get so sick, you know, she's just literally pleading. Um, and she's like, maybe the magic will work. Uh, maybe the magic will work on you. And then Bailey says this like heartbreaking. It already did. Yeah. Ah. Cause it, they brought me to you. Ah, get me out of here. Sobbing, sobbing. I literally <laughs> started crying and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> because I, I was trying, I already knew it was coming. I've seen this movie before. And I was just like, don't do it, Sam. Don't do it, Sam. <laughs> but it's just so sad. I think it's one of those things that that shows. I mean, I had a little bit of a hard time with it because, again, Bailey is an impossible person. No child talks this way, but right. um, it's fine. Um, people don't need to be in your life for forever or even for a very long time to have a huge impact on yeah. you. And obviously, they had a huge impact on each other. Yeah. And that is so meaningful and so beautiful. And what a great, like, if you're gonna die anyway, like you're dying, like why, what a beautiful thing to make this amazing friendship before you do like Bailey leaves this world with some really good memories, you know? Oh my Um, gosh. And it, it was heartbreaking to see Tibby kind of lose it and be like, just, you know, please take these. And knowing that the pants aren't actually, ma- I mean, they're magic because right. they fit all of them. They right. are actually magic, Sam. But they don't have like healing properties. They're, right. In they're them. not going to save a kid's life. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh. Heartbreaking. Tragic. They Tragic. the stars again. And then the other part that kind of got me too was, um, right after that scene in the hospital, it's just a scene of, um, Tibby like sleeping. Yeah. And you hear a phone ring in the background. I was like, Oh no, that's yeah. it. That's you know, the that's call. the call. <laughs> Bailey She's no gone. longer with us. Yeah. Uh, but all R. of this, Bailey. uh, you know, Tibby then goes on to find a little, um, speech or whatever that Bailey recorded for her, like yeah. while she was out of the room. Um, and it's really nice. I don't remember what the fuck she says. Um, but- <laughs> she said we're all losers, basically. Oh, yeah. And then she's just like. It's like, yeah. but isn't that great? We're all losers. Yeah. Uh, isn't it great? Hey. Yeah. She knows my motto. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's really nice. And, and it ends up, Tibby ends up kind of like, well, Bailey makes her promise 
that she'll finish her documentary. Right. Because she's like, cause I know you can do it. I know it's mm-hmm. going to be good. And what a beautiful thing to say to somebody. Yeah. Um, so Tibby kind of changes track a little bit. And when her friends ask her about it, she's like, I think, you know, the documentary now it's going to be called Bailey. It's going to be about this girl. Um, beautiful. which is nice. And that's, you know, kind of the culmination of their story. Oh, sweet. It is sweet. And, heartbreaking. And, and then we pop over to Greece. Hell yeah, we do. <laughs> Let's go. Hell yeah. Let's ride, bitch. This uh, one's got it all, baby. <laughs> Lena's wearing- This is what the whole movie should have been about, if I'm yeah. being completely honest. Um, no offense to the rest of the characters, but Lena was where it's at. Um, yeah, hot Greek guy. Hell yeah. Ah, uh, girl. Uh, so Lena goes to Greece to visit with her family because, again, she's Greek. LOL. Um, and you know, she doesn't really speak Greek. Her family is, you know, rambunctious and loud and she's very quiet and reserved. So it's like a little bit of a culture shock. She likes to spend her days sitting on the pier sketching. She's an artist by the way. Uh, Right. Did we mention that earlier? I don't think so. Um, she, like you said, she's an observer. So she's the observer artist. Yeah. And uh, one of these days she is sketching at the She's pier. wearing the she pants. Does. She's wearing the She's special wearing the pants. pants. She's wearing special pants. Uh, she sees a boy who is very attractive. Extremely attractive. On a fishing boat. And uh, she's leaning as girls do. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get a closer look. She's trying to get a glimpse and falls into the water as girls do. And so... Um, <laughs> She can't seem to get up because all of a sudden there's like a rod that has somehow somehow her- finagled itself into a hole in the pants. Yeah, her pants get caught on like a metal rod, which at, on the bottom. She did not fall deep enough for that to happen, but like okay, magic pants, magic, magic pants. pants. So this is so this hot boy, hot Ooh. guy rescues her, saves her. He sees what happened. He dives down there. He untangles her pants. <laughs> He untangles it. He saves her life. And then and he gives her a t-shirt to wear while she's trying. Off. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm throwing the fish that are too small back in. Do you want to help? And she's like, no. And then he basically <laughs> makes her do it anyway. He yeah. like puts a fish into her hands, yeah. which I think a lot of guys do love to make girls squeal in that way. Like, yeah. It's, it's a fish. <laughs> a girl squealing goes straight to the groin for some men. You know what I mean? Straight. Straight down under, mate. <laughs> that was my worst Australian accent attempt I've ever done. Or Mostly because I wasn't trying to do it. Um, or nor is right, Shelby. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they throw some fish back. He's like, oh, what's your name? And so she says her name. He tells him his, uh, she, he tells her his name. It's a cute little situation, whatever. Mm-hmm. She goes home and then her yaya her grandma ah, yes. finds the this shirt and she's like whose shirt is this you know mm-hmm. was this yours and she's like oh a boy i fell in the water or i went swimming or whatever she kind of plays it down she's like yeah. this guy you know gave me a shirt um trying to make it not sound like a uh i <laughs> got like yeah put on this boy's clothes mm-hmm. it <laughs> um, wasn't sexual but yet. yeah <laughs> so her cousins are listening intently like who what boy is it because yeah her yaya is like i know all the boys Tell me his name. <laughs> which boy i know them all <laughs> so she tells her the name costas dune dunas or something dunas Turns out their families have a feud, so he's a forbidden boy. Oh, we yes, love yes, it. Yes, yes. Um, so immediately, so immediately, the Yaya's like, "Promise me you'll never see him again." Yeah, and uh, she immediately <laughs> Lena's like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> I, she's she's like, "Yeah, of course I'll never see him again." Um, but then she goes to return the shirt, and she's trying to like pull his boat closer to the dock. Uh, and he like sneaks up behind her to help because mm-hmm. she's just a weak little teenage she's girl. She's just a little baby. <laughs> I'm just a baby. I'm just a baby. Um, so then she turns around and he's there and she's like, well, I can't talk to you. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you knew as soon as I said my name, you knew who I was. And yeah. he was like, 
Oh, wait, actually, I did write this down because this is one of my favorite um, quotes that he has. He has a lot of really good quotes, by the way, uh, Costas. And he says, the arguments of old men have nothing to do with us. And Hell I was like, yeah. say it again, say baby. It again. Yes. So we have this nice little Romeo and Juliet thing. Going. Yeah, <laughs> Except basically. Costas is very much like, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> which I love Costas. <laughs> hell yeah. Costas. We're into yeah. you. Yeah. Um, he's hot. Very cute. Very cute guy. Yeah. Uh, turns out like he lived in Chicago until he was 12 and then his parents died. Yeah. So he moved home or he moved back to Greece. Yeah. To live with his grandparents. And right. so now he just, he goes to school in Athens and he spends the summers helping his grandfather on the, the fishing boat. Yeah. So uh she is like no 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 it's forbidden but then she you know purposely goes like she goes she's sketching at the fish market yeah and she sees him so she like moves to a place where he'll see her yep you know she and wants to run casually run into him exactly so, so if her yaya asked she's like well i don't know i was just there i was just there um so he sees her and talks to her and she, he she's like what are you doing here he's like it's a fish market I sell fish here. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are he's you like, my literal job? My he literal knows. job. He he's aware. He's like the only reason she would be there is yeah. to run into him. Of course. But then he sees her art and is like, you know, int- intrigued, interested. She's an intriguing, interesting girl. Mm. Aren't we? Isn't that what we're trying to be? Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I strive to be. But she's kind of wishy-washy about the whole thing still. She's like, no, we shouldn't talk, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's like, like, what's with you? Like, make up your mind about this. And he kind of walks <laughs> Dude, away. Love that. But in a very like boundary setting, yeah, respectful. Not in way. like an asshole way. Yeah. He's just basically like, listen, I'm not gonna keep doing this if this is not what you're looking for. Right. Which awesome. Great. Love so of course, it. of course, she's like. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking talk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fuck that guy. I'm gonna fuck she that guy. <laughs> she sees that guy. She's like, oh yeah, this is happening. Oh, it's so they, on. So they, she ends up spending a lot of time with them. They have romantic times together. He teaches her about fishing. She, mm-hmm. she sketches him half naked. Shirtless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yummy. Which, I mean. That guy's pretty cute. That guy's pretty cute. I can see it. Yeah. And she starts letting her hair down more. If you like, that was curling it. It was such a fucking obvious choice uh, from the beginning is that everything in the beginning, her hair is just up. She always has it up and tucked away. And then Mm -hmm. she starts dating Costas and now her hair is like down and curly and sexual. And like, (laughs) she's romantic. She's glowing. What is it? She's glowing. Um, and they, that dissing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then she lost her virginity to Costas. I don't know. I, I think if they would have talked about it, do you, I don't think she would have told, I don't think she would have told anyone. Right. I don't think it would have been as big a deal for her, like for the story. It, it they didn't want it to matter that much right um but I she they, is I think they fucked on that boat anyway um I, I hope they I would have I <laughs> fisherman boy hell yeah let's go just working in the world oof oof studying <laughs> at a college and providing Athens. food for people Whew. He knows how to tie knots. He is oh. a hunter and gatherer <laughs> you love to see it um love it. So her family ends up walking in on them while they're having like a date at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, how could you? Family's the most important thing. How could you forsake this? Blah, 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 blah. Everyone's real mad at her. Um, and eventually she goes to her papu, her grandpa, mm-hmm. who has not said a word to her this whole time. This entire time. And she's like, but she watches him and the way he looks at Yaya and is mm-hmm. like, he, this man loves his wife. Um, there's a part where he just like kisses Yaya on the shoulder, mm-hmm. which I definitely took the heart because I'll do a shoulder <laughs> kiss all the time. I remember I, I would kiss my ex-husband on the shoulder uh-huh. and he was like, why are you kissing my shirt? Like, <laughs> I'm like, 
Why would you say I'm that? I'm trying to be sweet I'm right the, now. I'm literally the sweetest person. I'm Why are you... showing affection. Why are you discouraging Dude, it? Dude, I love a shoulder kiss. <laughs> yeah. Oh a temple so kiss, rom- a shoulder kiss. So romantic. Um, a back of the head. Come on. Come on. on. Anywhere. You Behind the anywhere. ear. Behind the Ooh. ear. I know. Uh, look, I got, I got moves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't tell everybody you have to keep something a secret you oh know. i'm you gotta sure. bust your moves later don't. i'm sure anyone would would be the magician pleased. never reveals their secrets shelby that's true um okay so she goes up to papu and is like look everyone thinks i'm like yeah yeah because i look like her but i'm like you i observe things i watch and then sometimes i let you know, I, I meet someone who allows me to let that like inner passion and vibrance out. And that's mm-hmm. what Casas does for me. And I know that's what Yaya does for you. And like, I just, I want, I think you can understand that. And I understand why this like stupid, dis, like disagreement from yeah. decades ago is going to get in the way. And right. he basically gives her uh, his blessing. He says, go, says go. So and she, she does. She does. She goes to the boat. Casa, she gets Casas before he leaves for Athens. And they kiss. And they, they kiss. kiss and they say, I lo-. she says, I love you. Because that yes. was also a point when they break up the dinner. Casas had just said, I love you to her. Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't know how to react because like she is a child. And like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, so when she runs to him on the boat, she says, I love you. I too. love you. And it's so funny because the whole time we also hear her like writing letters. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear all the girls and like the letters they're writing to their friends. But Lena's talking about like before she's even really hanging out with Casas that much. She's talking about like all these parts of his personality and what he's like and how he treats her. I'm like, bitch, you met him twice. Like what? Listen, sometimes you just know. Sometimes you just know. Sometimes it's very obvious very soon. <laughs> that you snagged a good one yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's not so obvious in the reverse it's very hard to tell whether you've snagged a bad one at first yeah sometimes uh, you do know I was sometimes (laughs) we're going a little long but okay at the emo night last night I ended up making out with this guy Uh and <laughs> he didn't have his phone because he lost it at a crawdad festival. Oh my! And I was God. like, "You seem like a crazy person." <laughs> and he's like, "I am." And I'm like, <laughs> "That doesn't surprise me." Oh my god! Um, so sometimes you know, I am intrigued by this crazy person. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> it's not completely. He was wearing a matching set, like matching shirt and pattern shirt oh, and shorts. Love that. <laughs> And we it love is, someone it who can coordinate. Throughout the night, this shirt got unbuttoned. So he had like a chest piece tattoo Ooh. of like, um, and I asked him what it was. It was like a shadow with like wings. I asked him what it was. And I, it was so loud in there. I think he said it was like some kind of Japanese symbol. And I was like, oh, like a yokai, like a Japanese like spirit. Uh-huh. And, and he's like, <laughs> I think he was like, he clearly did not understand what I was saying to him. And I was like, ah, shut up. We'll just keep kissing. Like, <laughs> we don't need to talk. <laughs> we don't really uh... need to talk. <laughs> I love that for you. That's it was so, good stuff. That's it was so good great. Stuff. Um, um, but you know, he's no Costas. No Costas. No, no, not, no, no. Not co- he also had another good line that I thought I wrote down, but I guess I didn't. Um, yeah, he's also, again, like I said before, it feels less weird that he's older than Lena for some reason. I, it's the power dynamic. There's no real power dynamic in play that makes yeah. it feel a little better. Um, yeah, he's a college student. Yeah, but he could be like 18 or 19, you know. They so all she's like 17. Look, yeah, all the guys just look really old to me. I don't know. They do. They absolutely do. And it makes it a little weird to watch it as an adult. Yeah. But when you're a teen, you. and, and that's the thing, when you're a teen, you're like, this is normal. This is good. Yeah. And then you're watching as an adult and you're like, no, get these older men away from these girls. Yeah. Because we've heard too many stories and experienced too many stories. Yeah. So I think it's a little. Yeah. The person I was when I watched this in 2005 has a very different worldview than the person watching today in 2022. I think sometimes these movies are a little irresponsible with their messaging. Yeah. For when they're aimed at teen girls. Cause like, what, what are you telling these teen girls? Yeah. You, you know, like (laughs) you don't want this. 
This yeah. is not going to go good, but whatever. They're all happy. Uh, Lena comes home. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're glowing. You look so much. Oh my God, you're gorgeous. Let your hair down. Uh, they love it. So that's the movie. That's the movie. I did want to hit on just a few notes that I wrote that I didn't hit on before. Yeah. The thrift store that they get the jeans from is called Deja Blue. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, the way that these girls run <laughs> is so funny. Blake Lively with like the most um, like stationary shoulders and wild hands. Like it makes yeah. no sense. Her shoulders are not moving, but her hands are. It's so funny. <laughs> um, and then when Carmen runs out of that bridal shop, it's also hilarious. Um, so if you're a fan of people who run funny, watch this movie. Um, Mid-rise uh, mid jeans, please help. Uh, <laughs> Mid-rise boot cut. Yeah. <laughs> oh and then <laughs> I forgot about this um so a couple weekends ago I went out with some friends uh to a, a bar and we had like our own little section and at some point the DJ played like some salsa music which is great you know culture um and I turned to my friends who are a lot of them in the group were white, but I told them, I was like, one of my literal favorite things in the entire world is watching white people salsa. It is the <laughs> funniest thing to me. It brings me so much joy. So, um, watching them. So when Bridget like pulls the coach in to like dance at the yeah. cantina and they're salsaing to a non-salsa song. <laughs> chef's kiss it was my bread and butter it was the best part of the movie for me I um, love that I'm glad you got to experience that it was so good <laughs> listen guys I love when white people salsa it's my favorite anyway invite um, me to one of those family parties all salsa for you Sam oh my god yeah I will <laughs> I will yeah it's funny because I think he like he like they like he's she spun but it was the wrong way like it I'm like was, even even I can tell that's not how you're supposed to spin in salsa clearly they didn't choreograph this they just said try something um because yeah. it was just but again the song wasn't even salsa it was literally <laughs> like I don't even I can't remember off the top of my head I should have wrote it down when I was watching it but it just I was like you guys aren't even like on the beat and I know for the most part when they do scenes like this there there's isn't actually music playing because it fucks with mics and stuff yeah but I just I, I'm dead it was so funny so <laughs> favorite part uh, for me well there we go I feel like we got some we got some rom we got some complex yeah in there we yes. did our jobs. It was definitely complex. It was complex. So. And Should we start calling it the ROM complex? <laughs> I think it's, you know, when you're reading it, it could go either way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's in there. You know, there are layers it's to our baked. name. It's baked into exactly our branding. It's yeah. an extremely good name that you came up with <laughs> for yeah, our podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm a branding master. Fucking 125 episodes in. So... Yeah, baby. yeah, baby. And with that, you better make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at the ROM complex or the ROM complex, whichever, you know, whichever, whichever you're feeling. Send us an email, the ROM complex at gmail.com. We want to hear whatever you have to say. We do. do you like our show? Do you like this movie? Did you hmm. Do you have the same opinions you did in 2005? Hmm. Um, keep in mind that was not. almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Kill me. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but most of all, <laughs> keep falling in love with yourself. Bye. Bye. Okay, owl. <laughs> <laughs>